When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. Welcome to the Project Upland Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting. We plan to take you into some of our favorite bird covers as we talk to the people that hunt them and the organizations that support them. We'll also break down the dogs, guns, and gear used to pursue them, and of course, we'll share the stories that celebrate this American tradition. It's one of those things that you do that, that feels timeless. My dad brought home our first Brittany when I was about 10 years old. The Red Gods are calling, and I must go. These are your stories. You're tuned in to the Project Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Larson. Welcome to the show for episode number 66. podcast is brought to you by our friends at Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, the finest rough grouse and woodcock hunting experience located in northern Minnesota. You haven't experienced grouse camp until you've experienced it at Pine Ridge. Find out more about them at pineridgegrousecamp.com and by Dogtra Callers. For over 30 years, Dogtra has collaborated with industry professionals to create class-leading tools for e-collar training, GPS tracking, and more to support bird dog owners in developing top-notch dogs. Find out more about Dogtra Callers and all of their products at dogtra.com. 
and by Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. Out in the field, how you prepare determines how you'll perform with balanced fat and protein to support peak condition. Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food enhances strength, energy, and endurance, so when that tailgate finally drops, you and your bird dogs are ready for anything. Strong, focused, ready for anything, that is a Yukonuba dog. Find out more about Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food at yukonuba.com. And by Gordy and Sons Outfitters. When your boots have the proper tread, you'll never notice how slippery it is. When your hunting jacket features the right liner, your body temperature won't enter your mind. And when your shooting vest allows total freedom of movement, you won't think twice about swinging through that quail. At Gordian Sons, they want you to focus solely on the hunt, not the performance of your gear. That's why the Gordy family has personally curated the best-in-class gear from around the globe for their store. Find out more about the gear, guides, and expertise by visiting GordyAndSons.com. And finally, buy Dakota 283 Kennels. Kennels built to last a lifetime. One-piece rotomold design, frame steel doors, super solid. You can stand on them, sit on them. In fact, I sat on one of Tyler Webster's Dakota 283 Kennels out in Wyoming and conversed bird dogs and maybe had a beer or two with he and Ron Bame and Ed Arnett. Not a bad little platform to sit on. Keep your dogs in one place, too. Find out more about Dakota 283 Kennels by visiting dakota283.com. And don't forget to use the promo code PU10, that's PU10, for 10% off any kennel at dakota283.com. All right, this week's winner of the Project Upland Podcast giveaway, kind of a special selection. Big shout-out to Sam Stein, conservation ambassador for the Wyoming Wildlife Federation. He put together the Films of the Feathered Film Festival that myself and Ron and Tyler and Webster, Holly Heiser, bunch of us were at last week it was an absolute blast sam honestly went out of his way to make sure that we were taken care of had a good time comfortable uh hydrated i guess is probably the wrong word but uh we were never looking for anything to drink i'll say that so to sam stein thank you buddy project up and podcast t-shirt headed your way you earned it and anybody listening could be next week's winner of the podcast giveaway all you got to do is make a meaningful contribution to the show leave us a rating leave us a review subscribe to the podcast share the podcast post send us some feedback guest suggestion or hell you could host a bird hunting film festival and invite myself and a bunch of other cool people out to have a great time i consider that a meaningful contribution to the podcast so that works too All right, before we dive into the episode, two quick announcements. Number one, an upcoming guest I want to make note of and put a call out to the listeners. We're looking for questions. It's going to be a Q&A episode with a guest that you already know if you've been a loyal listener to the podcast. If you haven't, you're going to want to check out episode number 32 with J.C. Bosch of No Limits Kennels. J.C. Bosch is a pretty well-known dog trainer. He's a really cool guy, and he's pretty well-known in the upland hunting community. And we got a ton of great feedback when we had him on the first time, so we figured why not have him on again. He's also going to be featured in an upcoming film from Northwoods Collective, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, if you have dog training, hunting, any kind of questions for J.C. Bosch, he said, just like the name of his kennel, No Limits Kennels, he really said no limits on the questions. So feel free to send in whatever you got. JC and I are going to link up for a podcast and we're going to answer your questions. I think JC will be doing most of the answering, but I might have a thought or two. We'll see. So send the questions in to me at nick.larson at northwoodscollective.com. I'll put a link in the show post. You know where to find us. And lastly, as I mentioned, we were just out at the Wyoming Wildlife Federation Films of the Feathered Bird Hunting Film Festival. Had a blast. Ron, Tyler, myself all talked about 
trying to facilitate some more of these events. It's something that we've actually been talking about at Project Upland internally for a while. Makes a lot of sense. We make over 100 films. Something we are going to look into, and I am in the very early stages of planning a film fest event for the Duluth, Minnesota area. So this is a call out to anybody listening in this area that has ideas, wants to be involved, wants to be associated with it, whether you're a business looking for exposure or just a volunteer looking to put on a killer event. I would love to hear from you. Again, my email is nick.larson at northwoodscollective.com. Love to hear from you. Let's make this thing happen. It's going to be fun. All right, on to today's show. Quick intro, Sam Stein, I mentioned him earlier, conservation ambassador for the Wyoming Wildlife Federation and his buddy, Tyler St. Germain, all the way out from Chicago. This was recorded in Lander, Wyoming, at the offices of Wyoming Wildlife Federation. We talked films of the feathered, bird hunting Wyoming, and a whole bunch more. Hope you enjoy it. Let's jump into today's show, and welcome to the Project Duffin Podcast, Sam Stein and Tyler St. Germain. That's how I say let's go. Oh, nice. nice. <laughs> Welcome to NPR. Sorry. It's immediately NPR voice. You're good, man. We'll cut that out. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Project Upland Podcast. Pretty excited about this one in particular. We are on location, Lander, Wyoming, at the, I would say, worldwide headquarters, right? Technically, I yes. I mean, technically, yeah. <laughs> worldwide headquarters of... Wyoming Wildlife Federation. Excellent. How long have you guys been here? Um, since 1937. We are the oldest uh, hunting conservation group in Wyoming. Um, so I think it's 81 years. Is that the math? Math's not really my strong suit. I mean, we've got calculators at our fingertips here, but I don't think it's that good. Yeah, I'm not good at wing shooting <laughs> or math. Those hey, are really my two bugaboos. It wasn't. 30 minutes ago, I saw you breaking clays. That's true. I was smashing them on the ground to be technical, but... Yes, yeah. But we did get you on, on camera once. Sweet. Breaking clay. So it was excellent. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So we should probably introduce our guest today. Uh, let's start over here. Tyler St. Germain over here. Just uh, helping out Wyoming Wildlife Federation for the uh, Films of the Feathered Festival. Yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. And yeah. you've been a member. You joined last year, actually. Yeah. So that's two years we owe you a hat now. Yep. <laughs> All the way from? Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. Yeah. Tough, t- tough area to hunt, but I get out to Wisconsin. Yeah, that's that's my true hunt. They get hunts. real mad when you start walking around the shotgun around yeah. the parks. <laughs> and Sammy and me, tell yeah. us about yourself. I uh, grew up. Me and Tyler are lifelong, lifelong buds, and uh, we started hunting in Wisconsin together. And then four, three or four years ago, I was like, I'm going to change my life, and I'll move to Wyoming. And I changed my life, and I moved to Wyoming. And uh, then I started hunting on here, and I got linked up with Wyoming Wildlife Federation. They have a conservation ambassador program, and it's kind of like a – it's almost like what TU does where they have the river stewards, but it's our hunting version of that. And um, I represent the lander area, and I'm also the bird guy. Uh, not a lot of the other conservation ambassadors are bird guys. Um, and so they helped me put on this killer event that Nick was a part of, and Nick – Thank you so much for that, by the way. And it was the Films of the Feather, and hopefully it was the first of many successful um, bird hunting film fests. And when I moved out here, I kind of had this like idea to get like bird hunters together because they do care about conservation because it's something that like, you know, like bird hunters don't really talk about. And I think that was you yeah. who mentioned it last night. You talked about like 
Bird owners are kind of quiet about that. And if you think about it, bird owners probably account for more land than anybody else. Yeah. Because we're on marshes, we're on lakes, we're on puddles, we're literally everywhere. Cover a lot of ground. Yeah, totally. And so it's like important that, you know, we cover this. And that was like the idea behind this, this film fest. And I just realized I avoided the question, but yeah, no, I moved out here from Chicago <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I've been, I've been here hunting with my dog bandit for three years now yeah. and it's just a blast. It's the best wing shooting. You've definitely learned a lot. You've learned a lot over the last three years. Cause I've had the, the good fortune of spending a couple of days with you and Tyler and it's been fun riding around the country, going up into the mountains. We went out into the sage and shot some clays today. I mean, you've, uh, you've, yep. you've been around the block a time or two out here, and you've got out and enjoyed what there is, you know, what this place has to offer. Yeah, it's aw- it's awesome because so like forty nine percent of the state is public land. Yeah, and like if you Google it, you know, like we're one of the. Well, I think I think oh, I don't, I don't go me, but we're one of the highest states percentage wise, and it's kind of crazy because you like. You go out to where we were and you wouldn't think there's birds, but like where we sage grouse hunt, me and Tyler every year, like same exact country. And it's insane to see these like coveys of like 20 or 30 birds that are so, the size of like small turkeys. Like they're bigger than pheasants usually. And it's just crazy birds that are all over the place. And man, like if you weren't a, if you weren't a bird hunter, you wouldn't be out there any other reason. Yeah. So it's like bird hunting just takes you to all the best parts of Wyoming from the mountaintops, like blue grouse do the like sagebrush flats for sage grouse and you know pheasants ducks geese everything in between this is like this it's you're never half in lander you're never half hour from like the best bird hunting in the country i think yeah we'll definitely talk about a little bit more about sort of what this area has to offer as far as upland hunting goes i mean it's 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 more diverse than i imagine i've never hunted here um i didn't I had some idea. I knew that you hunted sage grouse, but I guess I didn't really know the entire variety of species that you have to hunt. I mean, it's pretty cool, but I do want to talk about the film festival because it was a blast. Obviously I've, I've really enjoyed myself out here. I was happy to be a part of it. You know, AJ and Chet, we were really excited about having project Upland Northwoods collective endless migration, be a part of it. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, I was excited to see it firsthand because like I told you before, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to do an event like that back home. And yeah. That was uh it was good inspiration and it was cool to see an event run like that. Um, it was a blast. I mean, the people you brought in, it was just, it was excellent. And the wild game cook off. I mean, it really was, that was the kind of event that I think would get a lot of people excited. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm not trying to butter you up, but it's so awesome. When I first reached out to you guys and talking to AJ and I had like sent out, I had talked to a bunch of people and there's like a very, high caliber, I think for good hunting films. Yeah. And I think there's a quite a few groups that do it. Like, you know, meat eater and, and all them, obviously they have the production value, but you go on like YouTube and you like, you know, you Google or you Google your YouTube, any like upland hunting and you get project upland and you very quickly dive into a rabbit hole of like high quality content besides like, it's not just like guys like high fiving and yeah. blasting away birds. Like, cause that's not what it's about, but you like capture the story and uh, reach out to AJ and immediately have him be like, we're in whatever, whatever you need. And then to get in contact with you, which again, I like fangirled out over when he was like, here's Nick. And I'm like, Oh no, I know him. I've listened to this podcast. Like I would love to contact him. I was like jittery. I was like talking to my girlfriend. I was like, I gotta go. Nick's calling me. Everyone shut up. Lock the dog, like dogs in the closet. Nobody say anything. And, um, no, it's just so cool to like that you guys came out and supported it. And like yeah. that we got to show those films. Cause like, 
man, it's just the cool stuff that like people non hunters don't get to see. Yeah. And like, that's the stuff that they're seeing now. And I think this like generation of like new people, you know, cause like I'm an adult onset hunter, Tyler's an adult onset hunter. Like we didn't start until we were like 21, yeah. 22. And like to get like that inspiration is so cool. Yeah. And I was so glad that like AJ and you were so like, this thing, this entire project would not have been would not have been possible without you guys. So thank you for that. Because yeah. like, it's awesome. It, it it made the event for sure. Well, we were happy to do it. You guys had a, you had a ton of help. I mean, there were just the brands, Sitka Duck Camp. I mean, we could go on and on. The people that donated stuff to the event to make it yeah make it what it was. It was really cool to see. I mean, it was a, it was a really cool collaboration. Tyler Webster and I were like, talking about this last night. We were pretty impressed by the demographics of the people at the event. Oh yeah, it was across the spectrum. Yeah, you know, it wasn't all guys that look like you and I. It was across the spectrum. There was a lot of people there. Uh, surprising number of people had listened to all of our podcasts, whether it was Tyler's or Ron's or mine. I mean, yeah. people traveled. People came from Washington, Utah, Montana, Oregon, Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that might it, be the furthest one away. Yeah, yeah. I was actually. I meant to ask that last night. What's the furthest someone came? And I was like, Oh, it's that's Tyler. a good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would. I would think probably you. Yeah. But no, it was it was really cool. I hope we see, like you said, I hope we start to see more of those events. And I'm certainly going to do what I can to make that happen. I know that based on the success that Wyoming Wildlife Federation had last night, I I would be surprised if a similar event didn't happen again for you guys in the future. And I, I think would, that's the sentiment. I would love to, man. Yeah. I just think that we, I think that we, there was a lot of stuff that we could have improved on, obviously. But overall, like you said, the event just was like, it was great. Yeah. And like having all three, like the, the cook off, the storytelling, the films was such a cool, like if you had told me about that a year ago and I wasn't involved, I would have been so fired up yeah. to travel out here and do this. And like, it's, it's just so cool to come to this and see it's, and it's, it's like, I described it to my girlfriend said it was like, uh, that scene in parks and rec where they go to the woodworking convention with Ron Swanson. And she's like, oh, just go talk to him. He's like, woman, you don't know who that is. That's how it felt last night <laughs> with like Tyler and Ron and you and Holly and be like, oh my God, look at all these giant people we've tricked into coming and speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the people who do, you know, buy into the culture are totally that way. We're yeah. like, there was a guy and he was like, hey, that, that guy over there, that's uh, Tyler Webster, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, do you listen to his podcast? I was like, no, I believe me. I listened to his podcast. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, but he's really nice. Go talk to him. And he's like, you think so? I was like, he's literally standing like go talk to him it's not a big deal <laughs> oh man yeah no that was it was that kind of vibe that was that was really cool yeah it was very it was very like it was laid back it was yep. laid back and yep. yeah you guys put on a good show thank you again for for having us out appreciate it um, it was awesome Wyoming Wildlife Federation let's talk a little bit more about it because the last couple of days have been very upland hunting centric, but right. certainly, certainly the, your mission goes far beyond upland bird hunters, but tell us a little bit about the mission, how you operate, how you make good things happen. Yeah. So Wyoming Wildlife Federation, obviously a 501 C3, it's, it's like other conservation groups and where that they have a goal, but where they differ is that they are, they understand that no, no ecosystem is like a single entity, right? So like, and I'm not bashing anyone, but like RMEF, like they do, they do elk. That's what they handle. You know, yep. do you, they handle ducks, you know, wetlands. Like Wyoming is such a big picture organization that you could not come to them with an issue that they wouldn't hear you out, do the research and then, and then represent whoever you are as a hunting conservationist yeah. 
to that effect. I mean, they handle everything from wildlife migrations, you know, which is something that like wildlife crossings that we're doing, um, all the way down to bird hunting. Because I mean, who bird hunts in Wyoming? There's like five of us. Hopefully, there's like eight of us now. <laughs> um, but like, you know, who else handles that? And it's it's awesome because Wyoming Wildlife Federation understands that everything is just a piece of a whole. And that it's your job to represent everybody in it. And it's so good about um, kind of working towards everyone and making it better for everybody. Yeah. And they do it in such a science-based way that it's it would be hard for anybody to bash yeah. WWF because they, they that's what they do. They, they're, they're out here promoting advocacy. Advocacy, sorry. And, <laughs> um, and like access. And, and, you know, you get a very – I'm one of 11 conservation ambassadors. There's – um, there's, there's young people, there's older people, there's bird hunters, there's, there's fishermen, there's everybody. And it's, it's just, they get it. They get that everyone is just a piece of a hole and we're, and WWF is out here trying to make that hole better for everybody, yeah. residents and non-residents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the collaboration thing was clear to me in that you mentioned some of the species specific groups like NWTF, Pheasants Forever, DU, they were they were represented last night at the at films of the feather yeah. right so you could see the collaboration and and how those groups view Wyoming wildlife like conservation is it's a lot of teamwork and it's a lot of yeah, collaboration absolutely. that's how stuff gets done but yeah the, i think the tagline that i remember reading on on the WWF website when i did my extensive research as before was, he bought it <laughs> yeah. he was like i bought the tickets i yeah. should do some research yeah, yeah. i should make sure this is yeah. real yeah this was like two days before i flew so <laughs> no uh but uh, wildlife habitat and access right so yeah. three things that are very important to upland hunters users of the resource three things that we value highly so it's hard not to get behind a, a yeah. like that no it's right. it's awesome and it's cool because like i mean like i said tyler came out from chicago i was like hey man i'm doing this event and like i'm a little short-handed can you come out he's like i'll be there yeah and it's cool because like you know what i mean like wwf has made a home for you know that's kind of like culture which is like starting to get popular between like bha and people are like wait a minute like i like being outside i should protect it and yeah. like that's kind of like thank god that that's what's cool now and what's popular because like it's so awesome to be a part of that group from like the inner workings and i mean you get it and tyler you went to that DU banquet back right. home for the first time. You know what I mean? Like it's cool to see people engaging all across the country. Yeah. And like, it's, it's like, it's fun, man. It's nice knowing that like my kid has a chance to hunt whenever I have a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Let's talk briefly before we move, kind of move on from the film fest. I want to talk wild game cook off. Yeah. We ate some tasty dishes yeah. last night. Uh, run us through who the teams were. So we had, kind of cool. We had, um, the Middle Fork restaurant. Yep. And they were the main sponsor for this event. They, Jenna Ackerman, whose disclosure, also my girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, babe, I need money. Um, no, so she like, you know, she did all this stuff for it. She was there early, early, but got up with us, went to work, came back and cooked her dish. Um, Game and Fish, Lander Game and Fish, who again, like, man, I hear people like complain about their like local authorities. And I, I'm mind blown because I, I, I love, I love my game warden. His name's Brady. I talk to him all the time. He's the coolest dude I know. Like, it's <laughs> awesome to hang out with those guys. And they were like, they made t-shirts. They gave out free t-shirts to people that were like, I mean, they're they're a cool group. So there was Middle Fork, uh, Wyoming Game and Fish, Lander, um, Wind River Wing Shooting, who also I, I work for, um, NWTF, uh, with the with the state president, Joan, um, DU, the Fremont County chapter, and um 
WWF. And WWF, yeah, <laughs> which Tyler represented, <laughs> yeah, Tyler yeah. Cook. Yep. yep. Great job there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. uh, it's actually pronounced Teeler, but um, <laughs> no, so we did we did that, and um, I think that was six teams, right? Yeah, I six think that's teams. it. Yeah. Yeah. And they all, you know, we had this like big judging criteria. I did a stint in culinary school. So I was like, I'll drop some rules. And I did an okay job, I think, at doing a rule sheet, but I did a poor job of explaining it, maybe, I realized. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was, you know, you got certain points for providing, you know, three sources of, of wild game or forage. So, you know, if you forage, you got three points. If you did two protein sources, you got another three points and it totaled to nine. And all the teams really came together. Um, Jenna, she like started like two weeks ago. She like home feed dirt turkey legs from like Wyoming and Wisconsin. She cooked mallard. She did a venison and elk sausage. I mean, she literally was just like everything in here was wild. She went out like the day of. She like called a biologist. She was like, will you go forage with me? And like got that stuff. DU did fish and duck tacos. Um, Wind River wing shooting did. Uh, moose tacos, game and fish did. That was the coolest part. They did collared doves, which are invasive here. Oh yeah. So you can shoot them around. And, um, those were good. Those were good. Yeah. yeah. So they went in their parking lot after work, all, all like five of them. And they're blasting them with BB guns <laughs> just to like, just to participate in the event, which yeah. is so cool. And yeah. Joan, you know, donating her turkey for the, yeah. the turkey stuffed mushrooms. Yeah. And there, that cookout was, was really fantastic stuff. Uh, the, Got to give a quick shout out to Jen from from Middle Fork because yeah. she's she's been feeding us for the last couple of days and yeah. the the restaurant is awesome. The food is even better. Yeah, I mean it's it's really good and and her dish was like that sort of felt like a delicacy. You know, like it was so crafted yeah. and so prepared. Like a presentation was on point. My f- second favorite, aside from that, moose tacos. Man. Those were so good. Kyle crushed that. Those were so. It was. Good. It was almost like cheating though, because you eat moose once, you're like, yeah, that's that's just a delicious cow. That's what that is. They like, were spicy, not too spicy. Right. They were perfect. No, he did like a homemade salsa too. He yeah. he crushed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he owns a fly shop in town. Yeah, he owns a lander fly shop and also Wind River Wing Shooting. Right, and that's where I guide for for Kyle during the the bird season. Um, and that's for upland and, and game species. And this year we're doing duck, but yeah. Yeah, that's brand new. Yeah, good stuff. Well, congrats on the event again, man. It was a it was a ton of fun to participate, and I know everybody that was it was a blast brought in. You know, had a blast. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good time. Let's talk a little bit about bird hunting. I would love to. Let's, yeah, let's do that. It's my specialty. <laughs> Tyler, you didn't start hunting. Did you say four years ago? Did I pick uh, up on that four, earlier? Getting close to five years now. Yeah, twenty one. I think. I mean, my dad had taken me to like a club sometime in college. Yeah, uh, just hunting you know, farm raised pheasants. Uh, and this is really funny. So I, and I'll let Sam kind of share his story about how he got into hunting. Uh, but I just slowly got into hunting with my dad who got back into it. You know, he used to hunt in uh, Iowa with my family during like Thanksgiving season. He kind of stopped by the time I became like of age sure. to actually be able to go hunting. Right. Um, but so I, I'm starting to go out and hunt pheasants with my dad and I, I text or call Sam and I'm like, Hey man, you know, uh, I'm starting to get into hunting like this kind of like really cool hobby. Like, you know, this would be kind of a fun thing to get into. And he's like, wait a second. 
I've been getting into hunting. So we're we're like <laughs> lifelong buddies, but we developed the hobbies like yeah, totally separate. Yeah. yeah, and it came together. So yeah, and then it just took off from there. And then we're just traveling to different states, and of course, going to Wyoming. And- but we like yeah, we literally started probably the same weekend. I like I went to I went to Hillbilly College, and I was like hanging out with a bunch of hillbillies. Where's that? Where's that located? SIU, <laughs> Southern <laughs> Illinois. Oops, Saluki. Shout out, um, Miss Saluki. And uh, no, but, like the the most wonderful, like down to earth, gritty, nerdy, like sure, dirty hunting people, and they're wonderful. And I was like, man, I I want to like harvest game. I want to go shoot something with a bow yeah. and like challenge myself. And I got into it, and literally like that same weekend, I was like, dude, like I'm starting to get into hunting. Like, are we about to like just jump into this? And it like we grew pretty quickly to get. It's funny because we're so alike and similar. I think. And it was so funny for us to be surprised that like we just immediately like hashed it. Like we got into it at the same time separately and we probably only hunted like separately for like six months to a year yeah. before we were just like, I don't know why we're not hunting Start together. Planning trips together and yeah. Exactly. And that was it. It was like planning trips and we'd, we drove up to Wisconsin. I don't know. However many times a year. Cause we don't have public land in Illinois. Um, we do anyway. Um, <laughs> So we, you know, we were traveling to Wisconsin and like, man, we had no idea what we were doing. It's so funny. We have <laughs> yep. pictures of it because it was only f- four years ago. We were like the world's worst duck hunters. We went two years before we shot a duck. And we would go pheasant hunting without a dog. Just like, Yeah, we had no through. idea. We were just like walking <laughs> through the reeds with like borrowed shotguns and like orange vests that like had a highlighter on them. And like, it was, no, it was by no means like, uh, like a classy affair. Like if you had brought someone else, they'd be like, oh. Obviously, these two have escaped a mental hospital. <laughs> like, yeah, legally they have licenses and guns, but what are they like? What are they doing? I was like, yeah, man, I saw a pheasant here deer hunting. We're gonna go. We would just like walk the swamp and not see birds and just laugh and be like, I guess we go get a beer now. Like, yep. hey, it was a good time. So <laughs> was it the birds first that that drew you in? Like, I mean, you kind of mentioned pheasant hunting. I'm like, I know you've done turkey hunting. Have you deer yeah. hunted yet? Deer hunted? Yeah. That's why I started. I shot a deer. So it was deer first. Yeah. I got two deer before I ever shot a bird. Okay. And I had like, I was like a hardcore bird hunter or a hardcore bow hunter. And I was like, I'll never pick up a gun. I won't do that. And I met my buddy, Sean, who's now the three of us are all linked up. Yeah. And he was like, dude, you got to like try duck hunting. I was like, dude, that's dumb. That's dumb. And finally I went and immediately he put his dogs on the ground and I always say it was like Jurassic Park with the raptors running through the grass <laughs> and it was the coolest thing. And immediately I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like that's where the rest of my paychecks are going. <laughs> and like super quick after that, I, I still bow hunt, but like, man, bird hunting is just the connection between you and a dog and a buddy. Yeah. Like you can't make that stuff up and not to sound like, you know, ignorant or anything, but like, man, I, I would think about like, you know, however many thousands of thousands of years ago, that's what it was. It was a bunch of like, you know, people getting together you know, sometimes with dogs even and like kind of refining like, Oh, I'm doing this to live. And it's funny to be in a place now where like we do it for fun, but yeah. like nothing's yeah. changed. You know what I mean? Like right. there was probably not podcasts, you know, 50,000 years ago, but you can't tell Don't me there were so. three dudes sitting in a cave, like throwing sticks at each other and like, <laughs> you know, eating bones and stuff like, yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I do think that, that inherently there's something about hunting that that's what, where the magic comes from. Yeah. Right? Like that it's, it's ingrained in us totally to, to a certain extent. So that's awesome that you, uh, I mean, again, you guys didn't start right away. Like your, your dad did a little hunting, so he kind of opened the door for you, but right. yeah, definitely. Know, we always love to hear people that get into hunting that 
didn't have the easy way in, right? Yeah. Like you just right. kind of discovered it, you know, and, and like Holly talking last night, she was right. like, she said she was 41 or something when she yeah, started 41. I mean, it's amazing. And now like you talk to her, she's so knowledgeable about birds. And now she probably knows how to cook it, like break down a duck better than anyone here. Right? Uh, yeah. Like I, I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's like funny too, because when we started hunting, we didn't have any of the gear. Like your dad was like just disconnected enough that like he couldn't really give us any advice, but he was like, look, man, I might have some old decoys. And like, oh, it, yeah, and I still had those decoys. I mean, they're from the probably the man, 80s or something. Yeah, they're and they old. Were, it was a 24 kind of like set. So we're like, well, we got to use these, but not knowing how to actually hunt, we would <laughs> throw <laughs> all of them out because we're like, they're decoys. Like, you use them all. <laughs> like, more ducks is better, right? And we'd be hunting a pond with literally like, like maybe 10 by 10 feet. With like 24 decoys in it. And they were like old and chipped and plastic and they just looked bad. And like, it was a rough, it was a rough ride in for sure. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. And then we started hunting out here and with Sean, we had like pieced everything together through podcasts and through like experiences. And all of a sudden it went from, I can remember the last year I had a bad time duck hunting and it was three years ago. And all of a sudden it was like someone flipped a switch. And we were like throwing out patterns that we just like didn't know what it was. It was like, we got to do a J hook. Like, no, 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 let's throw a W. Like, oh no, let's do, let's do groups. And like, man, it was just like someone switched the light off. We're like, how are we so bad for so long? Like, <laughs> it's so easy now, you know? And I mean, that like, not really that easy, but like, God, I love You've back. learned a lot in the last Yes, it's crazy. Years. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's wild. I mean, even I've been hunting a long time, but like the last five years for me, like I think of where I was five years ago and where I am totally. today. I mean, that's. That's that experience and the knowledge that really only comes with time and, yeah. and experience in the field, you know, but that's, that's why I think a lot of people get intimidated because they talk to somebody that's however many years down the road on their upland hunting story right. or whatever. And they, right. you know, they, they talk in a way that, you know, sometimes it intimidates people, but now I think it's easier today with podcasts and availability of information you yeah find people that are kind of at that same level as you i think right. that's really helpful um it's great to learn from people that are more experienced but like you guys you have this core group and i'm familiar with that because i have i've got hunting buddies that i've been hunting with for a long time and like that's special yeah know? like it's you got that guy who's maybe you're not ready to wake up that day and, and your buddy wakes you up you know you need that kick, yeah that kick every once in a while yeah right <laughs> exactly tyler's up at like three he's like get up yeah <laughs> Well, we've learned that Tyler's regimented. You know, yeah, Tyler exactly. sticks to a plan. If it's yeah. off the agenda, he's he's done. And you're kind of yeah. you're kind of freewheeling, pretty loose. Yeah, no, there's no rules. <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules on this life highway. It's just yeah. Tell me about Bandit. Oh God, the worst, best gun dog in the world. Come on. Yeah, I love my dog so much, and it's so I should a disclosure. He's a Weimariner, and Ron said it best. He said there's two types of hunting people. There's people who love wimes. And everybody else hates them, or, or it was something like that. I can't remember the line. I'm I'm mad about it because it was the so way perfect. that he delivered it. It was hilarious. It was in his Ron way, where it was <laughs> yeah. way better. Yes, but he basically, and it's true because like I hunted the first one, first dog, and I would love. I like to think that there's a doggy heaven, and I like to think that Sadie the wine runner is sitting up there, like just peeing all over the couch and biting people and like hiding shoes. That was she your was, first family dog? No, that was, I didn't grow up with dogs. Oh, my, okay. This is my first dog. Oh, gotcha. But it was Sean's first Weimaraner, Sean's first dog. And it was like, she died last year. 
But she was the worst house dog in the world. She would bite you if you didn't pet her. She peed on the couch. She would hide your shoes. She'd tear it. Like, she was the worst dog in the world. But, God, you get that dog out in the field, and you can't tell me that dog didn't love you more than anyone in the entire mm-hmm. world. Like, that alone, the, the connection between Sean, who owned her, and Sadie, and, like, man, when he had that, I was like, that's what I want. I want a Weimaraner. I want that connection. So I got Bandit two and a half years ago. And you know what, man? Like people have two opinions. Like that dog's the worst, or like I love that dog's beautiful and I love him. But realistically, I don't think I spent more than five days away from my dog, and yeah. that's not a weird thing. I just like I just go everywhere with my dog, yeah. and he's yep. man, he's just he's he gets it. It's so weird and refreshing to be involved in that kind of like. And I mean, this is your first bird dog, yeah. right? Yep. So like you're right there with me, where it's like, man, every day that dog grows. And every day I mess up, I'm like, man, I just feel so bad that I met, like, that I did this to this poor dog. Cause, yeah. like, you lay down at the end of the day and that dog just sits there and looks at you. And you know that, like, the dog's thinking about two things, which is birds and, like, how much he loves you. Yep. And, like, he might knock over the trash. I guarantee you, he knocked over the trash can at home. He might knock over the <laughs> trash can and eat the garbage, but, like, it's hard to knock a dog like Bandit. Cause he just, you put him out in the field and we moved out here. We knew nobody. We knew nothing. We knew. I mean, we literally were driving to places like finding birds to just yeah. experience it. And every day that dog delivered, every day that dog was like, I'm going to find these sage grass. And he learned to point with me. He learned to retrieve with me. And it wasn't that he didn't know how to do it, but like, you know, he, he was a dog. He was like connecting these things in his mind without yeah. a pack leader, so to speak. I mean, he was just picking these things up and, and so was I. So like going with my dog three years ago, I wonder if he ever thinks back to when he was a puppy. And he was like, man, I knew nothing when I was a puppy bandit. Like, <laughs> yeah. And obviously he doesn't because he's a dog. But like, it was such a weird experience having a first yeah. gun dog and like growing with him. But yeah. I mean, and, and you trained him hard though, especially for – because you got him back yeah, in I was Illinois. Right? <laughs> and uh, you had to drive like an hour, two hours to get to a training field. Yeah. Right? And so you were out there. If you weren't working, you were going to the training field, taking them out there. Yeah. And, and Tyler went with me every yeah, time. Yeah, of course. And you know, just buying birds and stuff like that yeah. just to get them used to it. And then yeah, – I spent just, like $80 on It like was really when you came to Wyoming. Then it was like flip the switch because then he just got to experience everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like – it was crazy. I mean do you feel like your bird dog like – You've had these moments with him. We've learned something together, and at the end of the day, you like kind of make eye contact, and you almost feel like he's saying something to you. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. Like they, they seem to be so smart and so intelligent. Like they just, yeah, they communicate with you in in certain ways. Yeah, and yeah. It's you know sometimes we I think we give them, we make up things in our mind. You know that we that we think he's telling us, but yeah, in, in some way somehow they're. They're talking to you for sure. Can I ask how you ended up on an English shutter? Yeah. I told the story to somebody the other day. It was like growing up, German short hair. Yeah. That was out of the box. We didn't have them, but that was the that was what I pictured when I pictured a bird dog. So I liked I, I went grouse hunting when I was pretty young and I really liked it. We didn't have bird dogs in my house. That was just that wasn't gonna happen, but I always knew that someday I'd have one. Did right? you have a family dog? Yeah, we did. We had a miniature Schnauzer, oh, and then no, uh, a dog, not a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Schnauzer was was cool because he was kind of my first dog when we got him in third grade, and you know we've had some other. My parents have had some other dogs, but I was always looking forward to the day that I got my own bird dog. Right, so when the time came, I bought my first house. My wife and I got married. You know, kind of like check the box, like okay, we're gonna get a dog now, and I was kind of at square one. One of my closest hunting buddies 
had a short hair and I had hunted over her and I, and I liked, I, you know, I had some really good hunts over her. So they were kind of like, I feel like they were on my radar, but I don't really know how or why, but I just, I happened to come across an article that was in the Star Tribune. It was written about the guy that I eventually got a dog from. Um, and it just talked about this guy that breeds English setters specifically and in pointers specifically for grouse and woodcock. And he was in Minnesota. He wasn't that far away. And I went to his website and he has amazing photography of his dogs. And I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit, but like that drew me in. Like he's got a great website. He has a lot of information on it. The dogs looked amazing. Yeah. So like, that's kind of shallow, right? Like, Oh, the, the, the dogs look good. Like that's what I want. That's what I want to get. Well, I did go a step further. I went, I called him, I talked to him, I visited him, I saw the dogs. I didn't see the dogs hunt. A lot of times people will say, go and see the dogs work. And I would recommend that if you can do yeah. that, you know, like I, I would not recommend people do it exactly the way I did. Right. But everybody's got their own story, you know? So I just went there and, and really, I was so impressed with Jerry of Northwoods bird dogs and, and like what I saw and keep in mind, I knew nothing about bird dogs. I was yeah. a total novice. So like, I don't have, I didn't have years of experience. Like I'm so glad to hear that the, that the, the host of the pod of the upland hunting podcast is so like right in the same boat that I was. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point here. There's a, there's no expert here. There's, there's a guy that has owned a bird dog for five years now and knows quite a bit more today than he did back then but i started from square one you know yeah i mean i was asking you questions today i was like nick's got a way better handle of this than i do (laughs) yeah and i love talking about my perspective and my experience and i love hearing what other people's perspective and experiences and and part of that is like as the owner of one bird dog you know let's say you have one or two bird dogs at a time through the rest of your life like you might get okay at training but a guy like jerry coulter or or a breeder they see so many dogs, you know, oh a, a trainer, they, they train so many dogs and they just have such a better grasp on, you know, the timing of training, how to read dog behavior, yeah. all of that stuff. Like we're just, we're never going to get there, you know? So, but all you can do is complain about your problems and, and, you know, commiserate with others and, yeah. and try to learn from one another. You know, we try to be better tomorrow than we were today. It's, yeah. It's pretty much that simple. No, totally. I, t- Tyler's getting his first bird dog. He's like looking at a German short hair. Yeah, exactly. I was glad you asked. Cause I was going to say, you know, like you guys are, you're on the sort of the same path. Bird dog came quickly for you. Which yeah. I think it's pretty unique actually that you got a bird dog so early in your hunting journey. So oh, like you're, great you know, you've mistake. And you talked about, well, you talked about like you guys are going through this together and yeah. you're learning about birds. You know, like my dog has taught me so much more about grouse woodcock birds and habitat than i ever learned in like the 20 years no totally like because i just it just wasn't the same you know yeah but so So, first bird dog you're thinking about it yeah gsp um well i'm kind of a similar uh if if there's any breeders listening yeah (laughs) send send me your your favorite gsp (laughs) (laughs) um Top Gun Kennels. He's yeah, my fiance and I, uh, we are in the process of buying a home right now. Okay. So we're kind of doing the same thing. Like I wanted to get a dog earlier like this past winter. So that way they'd be, you know, the the pup would be a little older by, you know, hunting season. Uh, But I was like, you know what? Okay, let's focus on finding a home first. And uh, we're supposed to be closing pretty soon here. And as soon as we close, then it's going to be like, 
okay, throwing money down for a dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sam I was, was like trying, I was trying to get him to get a bird dog at Pheasant Fest. I was like, yo, dude, that guy's selling dogs. Don't listen to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing yeah. it. Right. I, I almost bought a puppy at, at He Pheasant was like Fest. signed up to a DK. He was like, yeah, dude, this seems legit. Like, <laughs> right? this won't be bad at all. Well, I'm taking pictures, sending it over to Christina. And yeah. Everything. Like, this one's she really was good. This, really good. this so one's pissed. cute. I don't know if it's a good hunting dog, but it's cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, hopefully in the next month or so, uh, I'll be getting uh, a GSP. Do you already have the place picked out? We we have a kennel in Missouri that we really like. Okay. Again, great website, great yeah. Instagram great photos. Account. That's great what he was saying. Photos, he was right? like, yeah. and that's what gets Christina like really excited about it. So yeah. it's like I'll I'll take it. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so we're, yeah, we we're hoping that a litter kind of drops pretty soon yeah. and um, take it take her home. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't awesome. wait. I can't wait for you to be as miserable as me. That first man, that first Oof. six months, just neurosis through the like. Right. With a GSP, I mean, it's probably not as bad as a Weinreiner. Yeah. Now, my family grew up with hunting dogs, uh, Brittany Spaniels. So you right, had classy yeah. dogs, so, though. Yeah. So I, I, I think I know something, but I, as soon as I get that GSP, I'm not going to know anything. We paused this episode of the podcast for just a moment to let you know that today's show is also brought to you by Trinity Kennels, home of the Apanuel Breton. Trinity Kennels French Brittany Spaniels are from champion bloodlines, field-tested and family-approved for over 30 years. Coming from the most prestigious and elite French bloodlines as well as American champions, Trinity Kennels is committed to producing premier Apanuel Bretons for the field trialer and foot hunter alike. We now return to the Project Upland podcast. You're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question. Do you know any dogs named Sadie? I feel like I've definitely heard that as a dog name at some point in time, but I can't, I don't know. I can't I know say, like yeah. four or five different Sadie's that are all yep. hunting dogs. Your my family mom, dog. Yeah. My mom's Sadie. Uh, French, Britney Spaniel. Sadie. Sean's dog, Sadie. Yep. My buddy, uh, Kev, his dog lab, Sadie. <laughs> like, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a dog named Ruger? Oh God! <laughs> I know two Rugers in town. This is a small town. <laughs> That's a pretty classic one. I think a lot of GSPs are named Ruger. Yeah. Oh my God, Ruger! I think you're going about it the right way. You know, just as far as like having you know get the house out of the way and and yep. have that stable environment for the pup. You know, it'll give exactly. you more time to focus on it. But and you know, the thing about like the photography and stuff, like I tell people that because that's what happened. You know, totally. like, that's that's how I discovered my breeder and. Sales and marketing, and we're not breaking news to anybody. Like you've got to be able to display and communicate your product or service. You know, like that's that's business one hundred and one. But obviously, I would encourage everybody to go beyond the website. You know, we're not writing checks just because we see a pretty picture on a website. You right. Gotta call the person, and you've got to have a good vibe with them and and like what they're telling you. You know. And yeah, I mean, at uh, pheasants forever. <laughs> talking to the non-breeders, right? At, at any yeah. booth, I'd be like, oh, by the way, since Pheasants Forever was in suburbs of Chicago this year, yeah. I was like, who do you know that's in within like an eight-hour drive of here that's a good breeder, Yeah, right? And just like picking up different pieces, going to different events, yep. uh, meeting people out, you know, in the parking lot somewhere in Wisconsin, like hunting. I'd be like, hey, who do you know? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of like a it. sneaky good breed. I got my dog from a backyard breeder. I was right. I never had a dog growing up, and I had like all these expectations of getting a dog. So I blindly rushed into it, and like, thank God I got my dog. I think his name was like Comet or something at like nine weeks. And I was like, that's not happening. That's not. But <laughs> so I like drove like to Bandit. Yeah. I was like, what's the most cliche dog name? And it was between Spike and Bandit, because I never had a dog. I was like, <laughs> Bandit, like right away. It'll be so funny. And like. Now he literally steals his things off. He counter surfs, so his name 
got it. It T T became he's, bandit. He's starting to embody. Yeah. Yeah. But bandit. I rushed into it and I got so lucky. I didn't get it from a hunting line. I wish the breeders knew now. It was a hunting line or it was not. It was not. Okay. I wish they knew that my dog got paid more than me now. Like I wish they knew that they sold that dog to like the best home they could have sold that dog yeah, to. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> You could slide that cooler this way. I would. I would love to. <laughs> Tyler, are you good? I will I'll take uh, one. I keep burping in the mic too. I hope that's not just blasting your. Ear you out. know, I'm not hearing it on my monitor, so I think you're good, buddy. Thank you. Oh, I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. So, dog on the way for Tyler, which is awesome. Yep. Um, I will only say this because I, I hear it a lot, but. Uh, I guess free advertising for Top Gun Kennels. I think he's in Iowa or Illinois. Do you know that name? I've definitely, yeah. I think I follow I, him. On I've definitely heard of it. Bob yeah. St. Pierre's got a, got yeah. two or three dogs. I, I can there. check my spreadsheet. I have a, I have an Excel he, sheet. I'm not surprised because he's a planner. <laughs> location. He's yeah. like, dude, check this Cost out, and it's training. got like math equations in it. And he's like, I have a scale of rating, and like, I'm like, what? <laughs> Just go dog. buy a dog. Like, nope. <laughs> does See, it have I, four legs? That's about it. <laughs> I'm like right in the middle of you guys as far as like. Like I love spreadsheets, so I appreciate that. But I've got a little bit of kind of kind of looseness, freewheeling to me. But you guys are like, no, I'm like balls of the wall. I'm like, you guys are like, see what happens. You're like the teeter totter, you know. But yeah, I, I suspect out. that works totally. pretty well, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's a good. Balance. No, it's a great duck hunting technique. <laughs> it's because I'm like, let's take him. He's like, why don't we wait until they're closer? I'm like, right. <laughs> so you moved out to Wyoming. Kind of fast forward a little bit, and is that where upland hunting like? Took oh, off for you. I so again, shout out to Brady, the game warden. I called him like I had made this move within two weeks. I applied to a job. I got the job and it was like early May. And like I had just told Tyler. And I was like, I don't want to give too much away, but I had like just told him and he was like because I got I got the job, they're like, Oh, you start July first. I was like, nah man, I'll be there Friday. They're like, Well, that's May twentieth, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I had told Tyler like the week before, and I remember thinking I was going to like move myself out here. And like the good friend, I don't want to ruin too much. So some of this is his best man speech, which I'm super proud of. Um, <laughs> Has it already been delivered? No, God, no. it's going to be yeah. awesome. Man. I <laughs> just wanted to get year? the skeleton of it just okay. to see enough of it. Cause like, again, I can't wait. No patience. <laughs> and he was like, I remember telling him and thinking like he was going to be disappointed. He's like, all right, man, when do we leave? And I was like, no, no, like you don't have to worry about it. I was like, he was like, you're an asshole if you think I'm just going to let you leave to Wyoming and like not drive you out there so you don't get stabbed by some hobo. And like, <laughs> yeah. So he drove me out here um, in, a, in like a week and we just got out here. And I totally forgot the question now. I'm just rambling. Um, uh, how, you get... took, how you took off upland hunting oh, with, right. as you moved to Mont- right. Wyoming. So, so I, you're on the right track. I was like moving out here in a week and I called the game one. And I was like, well, like he's got to be a friendly guy. And this guy's like, Brady Frude, how can I help you? And he was super nice. I was like, hey, man, I live in Illinois, and I'm moving there in a week. And, like, what can you tell me about bird hunting? He's like, we have birds here. And he's like, we got trucker and duck and geese. And, like, obviously, in the game morning, I can't just, like, give out spots. But I can tell you, like, the areas to look. So he kind of gave me some areas, and I narrowed it down through research. And, like, man, I had I had only chucker hunted, like, a preserve. And I started – Chucker hunting Which is really probably not chucker hunting. It was not chucker. I've discovered <laughs> right. that is not chucker hunting. Yeah. No, yeah. So I um I chucker hunted and I immediately was like I I accidentally bought the dog that you should move to Wyoming with. Because he hunts hard, he hunts long, he he will he ranges, he's got a good chucker range. You, have, you, you don't that? have a GPS on him. What do you think he like what do you think he runs out there? I mean, do you have an idea? Like Oh, I would say like a couple hundred yards between beyond. like two. Yeah. Like yeah. between two and 100 yards. 
for sure. Yeah. And he just, man, he's a great distance for him. Yeah. Cause he gets it. And I immediately started doing sage grouse and I'd heard about the birds. I'd never see, I had to Google what they look like yep. the day I was going out there to see what they were. And um, I'm doing a real bad job of selling myself here. Um, <laughs> I went out there that I'll never forget the first sage grouse hunt. Cause I was like, why is it only a 15 day season? Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I got into that first bird, which ended up being a bomber shooting it. He, he like spooked it. It came up and I remember being so scared. I was like, this turkey's attacking me. <laughs> and I ended up slamming it. And uh, he brought it back. And I was like, this bird's insane. Like, why is this thing so big? It's yeah, a big bird. And it was September 15th or 16th, two years ago, three years ago. And from that day on, I was like, yeah, I'm a sage grouse hunter. Like, that's my thing. <laughs> so I go, I like, I just love sage grouse. They, they, they hold well. They're super tasty. They're giant. They sit in these giant cubbies. And like, from then on, like once I, it's so funny looking back on like, I didn't have any direction on here. Yeah. I learned a lot of that on my own through articles and whatnot. And like a couple tips from people, like I think there's sage chickens out there or whatever they call them. And like, yeah. man, it just like took off from there. And I was like, oh, this chucker season. And I had, when you moved, when you came to visit me, you saw yeah. my wall. I had changed my wall into a giant calendar and everything that every bird had a season highlighted. So you could look, you could pick your day and see this is the season that's open and this is like where you go and like your living room was just like a hunting map. Exactly. Just all the different months highlighted all the different birds, birds. and everything. They I hide. still have that. And then you get different maps up too and like different kinds of maps, right? And like this is where you, yeah. Like everything was color coordinated, like sage grass were purple. Right. And like duck was green and like everything had a had a setup. But like as soon as I moved out here, like man, that upland like yeah, that life just kind of set in and I was doing like double days where I'd go sage grouse and then I go duck hunt and then I go back to sage grouse and I go back to duck hunt and like, man, it took up so quickly that like I was chucker hunting and like, it was, a, it was crazy. It was yeah. a great experience. Yeah. You basically, you came out and you kind of looked at the menu of options, what you had yeah. available to you and just went after it. Dude, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Went I looked at the menu all. and I was like, well, there's seasons for all these birds, so they <laughs> yep. gotta be around here. And like you know again thank you i hope brady listens to this because like man brady thank you for being so nice you got like, <laughs> to a good head start yeah, yeah. god he, he's a he's a good dude so we're in lander wyoming this is my first time here it's a very very not good your place. last though. no not my last definitely <laughs> i i would be uh i'd be disappointed if it was just talk a little bit about i mean it's a seven thousand people yeah so a yep. small community but it's i mean the town the town is awesome but you're in a place where you just have access to, like, we're at the foothills of what mountain range? Of the Wind River Range. Wind River Range, based on the movie. Well, based, yeah, that movie. <laughs> yeah, was based on, yeah, that movie was based filmed. On that. Yeah. Parts of it were most of it was filmed here. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, no, it's about the real. Yeah, the real. That it's was, accurate. Let me tell you. That was a, <laughs> that was a fun. That was a fun fact. Uh, yeah. On, on the trip up. That but. opening shot is Lander. Yeah, you can if you look to the right of that opening shot, you can see right where Nick stayed. So Sweet. someone can go. Any 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 Prong Nick fans Lodge. out there? Pronghorn Lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool place. No, but you've got access to public land. I mean, right out the door. Yeah. Right. Like you look, talk a little bit about sort of like that menu of options. Like yeah. you know, as you as you go out of Lander, like you can go up the mountains, you can go out into the Sage Flats. Yeah. I mean, in, in the upland pursuits that you have. You can't you can't go north because that's the res and that's pretty big. Okay. And you can't hunt there. But you go east, east, south, or west. Okay. Ten minutes in any direction. You look either left or right. It's public land. Yeah. Unquestionable. Like you are 
49% of the state. So anywhere you could put yourself anywhere in the state, you look left or right, there's a 50% chance that one of those is public land. Like, that that really is huge. I, I'm like really curious to Google the percentage of public land because I'm sure I've seen that list somewhere. Like I think Onyx maybe actually yeah. like an infographic on it or something, but 50% public land. I mean, that's wild. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy to think that like – so you're – I always say like what bird do you want to hunt? You are 30 minutes away from it. Like that's the that's how it goes. Like yeah. you want a goose hunt? I have goose fields that we can go hunt. You know that are 30 minutes north or like you know right in that little chunk right before the res. You go 30 minutes east or 30 minutes west. You're hunting in the in the winds. You're hunting rough and blue grouse. Yeah. You hunt 30 minutes to the west. You are hunting chucker hunting like top like some of the best chunk hunting in the, in the country you go three minutes south you are hunting the best get like as a fact statistically you are hunting the best sage grouse area right oh excuse me burp <laughs> i really hope that doesn't make it in i don't think um, so but when you acknowledge it then you know then, then oh everyone then, you know, <laughs> the listeners hear about it yeah damn it. <laughs> they love that yeah they love it everybody loves a good burp oh, um for sure. so yeah like you get in these places like i mean you're 30 minutes from the best quality bird hunting some of the best for the, in the country. Yeah, like top quality stuff for those specific species. I mean, obviously some of them, you know, blue grouse, rough grouse, like up in the mountains, like you're not going to find that everywhere. That's for sure. No, yeah. Sage grouse, obviously that is. Yeah. Know, pheasant hunting. We have resource. What is it? What's the pheasant hunting like? Yeah. So game and fish stocks two places near okay. here. And they're both again within like 30, 40 minutes. And I think the quote, the last time I saw it was 3,400 birds Okay. throughout the year. And that's two months that they stock it. And you do get pen birds. You'll shoot pen birds like within a couple of days. But you also have a resident population of badass, like hardy pheasants. That's what that we're looking at a at a my mounted pheasant here in the office. Yeah. And that bird, I mean, it's a two or two or three year old bird. I mean, he was at some point probably pen released, and he was probably that guy with like one eye who was like, like what's going on out here? Like, <laughs> I've been to prison, man. I've been to the pen. Like, I'm from the pen. <laughs> and he survived for two years probably before he finally got dropped by my obnoxious, beautiful dog. And, uh, wait, your dog caught it or you shot it? No, he pointed it and it was, that's why I got it mounted. He pointed it and I was like, there's no bird. Oh my God, bird. <laughs> and, uh, that poor bird didn't have a chance once Bandit got on him. Cause he's a primo dog. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm still unclear. Did Bandit catch the bird or did you shoot it? He no, I I, I shot it and I winged it, oh, and the bird went down. Gotcha. And Bandit was like, "Don't worry, Dad, I got this." <laughs> was like, "You want a bunch of tooth marks in this bird, right?" Yeah, I'm not planning on mounting it or anything. <laughs> no, here it is sitting. It's, yeah, it's a good looking bird. Though. He was like, "Don't worry, I'll man." <laughs> you know when they look at you and they're like, <laughs> and "You're like, stop, 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 stop." Like <laughs> that was what he did. Yeah, I think we've we've all seen dogs do that for sure. Yeah, but like, do you f- have a? Do you got a favorite bird? Sage grouse. I guess you kind of sage grouse. Yeah, that. I mean, that's what you go. Unquestionable. With. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just love it. Number two would be like chucker, and that's probably tied for like a real good duck hunt. With. Like I, I duck hunt a lot on my own, but I'd rather duck hunt with my with buddies sure. and not see right. any ducks. A little more social. Yeah. yeah, than duck hunt what I do, which is go out and I like get a limit because yeah. like we just have duck. Hunt. We just have ducks out here. That's yeah. like we're 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 blessed in that. But no sage. When you're going to go sage grouse hunting, what's the tactic? I mean, do you drive out into the sage flats, park the truck, and start walking? Is it God, that I, simple? Or yeah, <laughs> I wish it wasn't, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. I so I have this technique, and I I hope sage grouse hunters who have a hard time or people who come out here and they want to sage grouse hunt, I would say, um, oh, here comes the intern. 
Let him in. Let him. We got a brief intern break. Brief intern break. Oh, he's just leaving. He's probably here to take a shower. He doesn't live anywhere. All right, we kicked the intern out. All right, so um, we're back. Out. So going after Sage Girls. Yeah. So my technique is I will. Um, I'll go out there and these like Sage Girls. Like you got to kind of know a general area, and I can't give that away because no, I don't. No, not areas, but, but like what attributes does that area have? You know. So it's like sagebrush flats, and right. you'll come into these little creek bottoms. It's it's I don't want to give the river away, but there's so there's water out there. Well, there's before you continue, the flats though is very deceiving. It, I mean, you're, it's hilly. You're hiding hills. Yeah, it's, yeah. Hills. it's hilly yeah. shit. No, yeah. yeah like, when I was in Montana last uh, last year, last fall, we hunted some legitimate sagebrush flats where it was like, you know, I mean, pretty flat. There, but, yeah, but there was elevation and terrain around. Yeah, but where we went out today and we were shooting clays, you know, like that was. There was definitely terrain there. Yeah, no, it'll get into these like flatter areas and it'll dump out into like a little creek and then it'll come back up. So there's sure. like hills, like it, you know, I would say like 200 yards, 200 square yards, and then boom, another hill, and then yeah, you know, yeah, up yeah. on a different like area. And I made the mistake of thinking that sage, like sage grouse, were in like the highest sagebrush or like the knee. That's not what they're in. Like the lowest sage, I would say get on a get on a hill, look out, you'll see these kind of clear part of the hill. Like just like get up. Get, Get up. up where you can see some ground. Okay. And you'll look out and you'll see these like sagebrush, right? The first thing I say is go to the ankle high stuff. And then between the ankle high stuff and the bare ground, you'll see these like 20 square feet pockets. That's where they're in. And I'm, again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that my dog always gets birdie as soon as you get in that open area. And I think what happens is those birds kind of sit and mill around. Like right where and they can kind of like right. so they're in the brush, but there's kind of a little clearing yeah, opening right. for them. Yeah, and you'll look at the ground and look, and you'll see this like they don't have a crop, so they throw up this like black vomit. Oh, really? From the sage that they eat. Yeah, I was talking yeah. with Ed Arnett about it. And I was so, like, this is a fact, right? And he's like, yeah, that's like that's a fact. I saw a lot of droppings last year, but I don't recall. Maybe somebody pointed that out to me, and I just yeah, kind of went so over my weird. Head, it looks like tar. Never, it looks like tar. Yeah, it's like quarter size. Yeah, and you stick a stick through it, and if it like goes right through and it's wet, like get your gun up they're shooting birds in 30 seconds like if you have a dog guarantee wow yeah so they like i like to find these kind of barren areas where it's like ankle high will drop up into a clearing and you'll see a lot of a lot of like grouse poo there uh that's a technical term grouse poo yeah that's scientific (laughs) yeah science so (laughs) i'll get i'll see them from afar and i'll start to mill towards it and i wish i wish grouse were doing better but i also wish that i didn't have just such a good easy time hunting them now because like this third year I mean, you and Sean came out, and we like we hunted the last two days. And I don't know any other species that you hunt last, last two days. days that you're seeing more birds than you can shoot. I mean, the bag limit. limits too. Like, yes. We were done within 30 minutes. Yeah. And some days you go out and like you don't always shoot them. You know what I mean? Sometimes, or you don't always see them right away. But you do a four mile loop to the car. Sure. And you might start and do a big circle from the right side of the car and find them 30 feet from the car. Oh, right. On the left, right. Yeah. yeah. But you'll hit them eventually if you come out there. But like ankle high sagebrush. Look for those clearings and get ready. Because, like, that dog, you'll put a good dog there, and you can see he'll get birdie. He'll get birdie as shit. And yeah. also, I probably shouldn't swear. Sorry. Um, <laughs> We're on well, I think, I, I think a, a tip that you kind of missed, too, and it's, it's very obvious, but, you know, follow your dog. So we like to Man. do that big loop, right? Whether it's clockwise, counterclockwise, whatever we're doing. Sure. So we're headed a direction. We did that this year. And then Bandit is just, like, taking off either further away from the truck or something, and we're like, Bandit. We are clearly going this way, but he just keeps hugging. One he keeps side. hugging left. You're like, dude, and what are you doing? Finally, we gave in. We're like, all right, let's see where this is going. And of course, cover your birds. Just- yeah, yeah. 
And he hit that first point. We do have to say he hit that point so hard. Right. He was locked in. He was like, this is it. Boom, birds. And sure enough, that first bird comes up. Bam, nailed it. And like that was like, yeah, that was a cool experience to have like them see. And that's, yeah, that like that again, mounted sage grouse over there. In the office. In the office. That was a cool, man, that was such a great day for me. I think that's really good advice, Tyler, in that. Because I do the same thing. I have wherever I am, I have an objective or like right. what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to I'm do going this to cover this specific <laughs> route, and it's like, man, you really got to pay attention to the dog. And, and if he goes out and points a bird right away, of course we're going to pay attention. But it's yeah. those times where you might be quick to call him back, and maybe you know that's where you want to pause and say, well, what's he? What's got him? What's pulling him that direction? You yeah, know, that kind of thing. And it's like, man, I don't know why that. I don't know why I do that. I'm like, no, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you don't have a nose. Like, <laughs> right, you don't know what... right. like we're going right. And I'm like, oh, look, birds. Like, sorry, dude. Trust the damn dog. Yeah, no, trust the dog 100%. Like, just like, I can't wait for you to have a bird dog so you can have probably less frustration. Because <laughs> I'm sure Tyler was out there and it's like, why is this idiot not just listening to the dog? But you get a dog and you're like, I know my dog. He's an idiot. Like, he doesn't know what he's talking Oh, birds. Right. Like, there they go. And like, <laughs> so Sage Grouse, I saw this last year and I was told by people that this was kind of the case. So I'm just curious if you would echo that, but like they kind of like the bombers, those are like the older males yeah, and they kind of stick together. I don't, I, I don't know what it is, but they split off from these groups. Right. right. And there's like, and I would the say the rest of the group is the, like the hens and the young sage grouse. I mean, yeah, I really don't know anything more than that. I, I wish Ed was here, but yeah, he would be like, ta- he'd be like, he would give us straight yeah. facts. Um, so I think you get like these three groups where you get singles, and if you get a single, okay, you don't, you generally do not shoot it, really, because if you find a single, that's usually a bomber, and you'll see when they take up. They have these weird. We shot one this year, the biggest sage grouse I've seen, and God, I wish it wasn't so messed up because we ended up eating it, but I would have mounted, I would have, like that's a bird that you mount. He had these like weird, like tendrils it looked like an angler fish with these like weird black little like things that came off i've never seen wow. he had like this thing on his neck that it felt like like scales right but it was like sharp it was that feathers like this had to be like a four or five year old bird that we this that we ended up taking out um but like you get these bombers on their own so usually if it's a single it's custom to as an ethical hunter not that's, to shoot that right, one right and then you get into a good covey and when you get into and a, i'm curious about that because like you know that's hunters making an ethical choice what is what's the ideal ideology behind it? It's he's just a loner, but he could find another group or that's I mean, like that's like taking out like the biggest fish in the lake is I think the belief behind it. Where gotcha. and I hunted with these guys from Wyoming that I met out sagegrass hunting, and they were some of the coolest guys. I ended up running into them and hunting the last six days with them exclusively because they were they just got it. They were such nice dudes, and they've been doing that thing for years. But like it was so funny because I had never had that conversation with them and we had a single come up and this guy, you know, they're kind of like, man, that single came up and I almost raised and he was like, single, single, single. And he put like, you know what I mean? He made sure everyone in the group knew like that was that, that bird, that bird had a pass and it was cool. Like we had never talked about it, that he was so conservative. He was like, right nah man, we let those birds go. And then you get into the, the coveys where all the birds come up and then it's just a shoot. Then you just like drop those two birds and you're done. Yeah. Um, and it's funny cause like, Whenever you go through a group, you'll shoot your birds, you'll collect them, walk back through. Because there's always that young group who holds tight. And even if you just get your dog on them and kick them up and like get for the point, but like always trust your dog. Like he might, you always point and scent. Like I guarantee you, like if your dog's holding like that, he's not holding scent. Like 
he's holding point on like an actual live bird in there. And yep. you saw that this year yep. with Bandit where he, he picked up on the edge group and it was almost, it was a weird thing. It was like he, it was like he knew because he didn't retrieve it. And usually he's like super good about it. And I'm like, Bandit, go get that bird. And like, nope. He like, he hit another point. He's like, no, no, no Like let's finish this area, dad. <laughs> and like, sure enough, we, we ended up shooting it like probably 10 and we only ended up hitting our six, you know, so it's a limit. So there's three of us, but like, what a cool bird. Like, yeah. I I wish more than anything that sage grouse were all over the place so that, like, they could be this bird that they once were. We're just like, oh, yeah, it's a sage chicken, whatever. But, like, man, they are the coolest working birds. I, they taste so good. People don't, like, people don't really, like, respect the taste out here sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, everyone eats them, obviously. But, like, man, they're just this, like, beautiful, delicious working bird. Like, that would be my go-to bird. Do you have a favorite cooking method? Yeah, I cooked it for the WWF wild game like thing that we did and it wasn't a cook-off it was just like a wild game feast where it was like hey non-hunters what's up in jackson come taste this meat and it was funny because at the ambassadors weekend where they got all of us together that was the quote everyone walked away is like wyoming we grow sweet meats and it's a picture of an elk and we're <laughs> trying to come up with a t-shirt for it um but it's like man it's true because like you get a lot of non-hunters who don't get it and they like come in and they're like oh my god i didn't know this like delicious food is on the landscape yeah so what i do is i'll brine them i think brining is like i think hank shaw talks about it in all his books and i actually mean to ask you about hank shaw don't let me forget later because god i love that guy <laughs> and he so i do his his brine method where it's like a two percent salt so you measure it out and do the two percent vacuum seal it let it sit for 24 and then pull it out and what i do is i slice it really thin almost like ground beef because this sage grass press is like it looks like ground beef when it's cut up. Yeah. And then I, I'll sear it in a pan real quick with like my homemade taco seasoning, which is like cumin and chili powder and like, you know, salt, pepper, yeah. garlic, like all the, all the, like my homemade secret mix. And I'll put that on there, let it stir around and then pull it and just kind of let it sit in that marinade in those juices. And like, it's the best tacos you've ever had. And like, that I don't, good. I don't like, I do I do street tacos like I I feel like I give tacos justice and then I do two things to do the meat or three things to do the meat onion like finely minced like white onion cilantro and then whatever like hot sauce or like you know like thing that you do and like my big thing is like cook them and then I'll do that like Eduardo Garcia you ever like check check him out or uh, stuff? I don't know he does like a whole line of spice. he's the one arm guy from meat eater. And he's like a professional chef. Ah, uh, yes, I've seen. I've Super seen awesome, dude. God, I I respect the hell out of that guy. And he's got this line of hot sauce that man, it'll blow you out of the water. He makes you want to eat wild game. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, and he like he does that hot sauce. We'll do those in the tacos. And like I said, like if people want it, I will happily give it to you. It's the best way to eat those sage grouse, and I made it for you guys. Yeah, and then I got your recipe and I made it at home. With Did Christina eat some? Yeah. What'd she say? Uh, for those who don't know, Christina does not really like wild game. She's wonderful. We love yeah. her to death, but she didn't grow up doing it. So it's not strange that she doesn't eat but it. But you're working right. on it. We're working, We're working on, on it. it. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Uh, you know, she tries a couple meats here and there and, uh, she enjoys them, but she's not. Did she not, not like the tacos? Like fan. Uh, I mean, she'll, she'll try them. <laughs> God, that's, that <laughs> right? hurts me. Cause I thought I was whipping up these master tacos out of here and. No, I found out well, if they're anything like your moose tacos, they had to be good. I hope so. They were they were just like I wish I had I had I had my bag limit and I had to separate it for this cook off that WWF did last year and I was like, Well, I can only hold what is it, three times a bag limit? Yeah. I think it's like four yeah, birds or six. It's I think it's four for a sage. 
So I had to give it to people to hold it, to be legal, to hold on to all these birds. So that way when I could cook it for, I think the audience was like 60 people really? and people were, it was so funny because people were coming up to us and they're like, Oh, what's sage grouse tacos? Like, are those like birds out here? And you're like, God, like, you people have no idea how wonderful this bird is and how they eat it. And they'd be like, yo, so tell me about this sage grouse hunting. You're like, well, you had 15 days to do it and you missed out. And they're like, wait, what? And like, <laughs> yeah. it's cool to cook a delicious meal out of these amazing birds because then people connect and people are like, yep. oh, this matters. Because like, even if it's just like a taco on the plate, like that taco matters, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, I, I got a chance to hunt them last year and. How'd you guys cook them? We did. Pretty simple. We cook some just on the grill. Kind of like uh, Ed says he does everything very simply, basically olive oil and salt and pepper. Yeah. Um, so we pr- we pretty much did a preparation like that. And then we did another one where my buddy has a marinade. And I don't actually know what's in it, but it's kind of a bird marinade. We, we threw sage grouse and sharptails in the same thing and cooked them. And we were all kind of trying to figure out like if we could taste the difference. Were they pretty similar? <laughs> I've never had sharptails. They were pretty similar. Um, there was like... For, for a minute, there was a few of us that were like, oh, yeah, I think this is sage grouse. It's very similar. And then somebody got one that was like significantly different. So, I mean, they weren't like, you know, black and white opposite ends of the spectrum, but I felt like you could tell which one was a sage grouse, but they're good. I yeah. Mean, I, I really enjoyed them. Like, I, I think they're a, I think they're a good tasting bird. I'm not a super critic. Like, there's not a lot of wild game that I've eaten that I don't like. Yeah. I mean, it's always comes back to that, well, did you prepare it wrong? Cause if you did, that's probably why people don't like it. You know, yeah. Yep. Same thing. But I've, I've last night was proof. We ate, I don't even know how many different species of wild game and all of them were prepared very well. And every one of them tasted excellent. It was, yeah, it's fantastic. Did you, did you, how did you feel about your sage grouse hunt overall? Um, it was, did you have the same experience or like, did you feel like I really, I, I really liked it. It was, it wasn't something that I like, it wasn't on my bucket list. It yeah. Just, it was so foreign to me. And, sure. you know, like this whole, the whole trip kind of came together last minute and like actually going out there. So like, I didn't have a lot of mental preparation. So when I got my sage grouse, it w- wasn't like this big celebratory moment for right. it. But honestly, being back here right now and going out and walking through a a little bit of sage grouse. I mean, we weren't yeah. like hiking around out there, but smelling the sage and being in a similar place, it brought that hunt back to me a little bit. And it was like, dude, that's awesome. It was really cool. It's really cool to have that. And that's how I felt as I walked away. Like we all hope that this doesn't happen, but if I, if I can never hunt a sage grouse again, I've done it. You know, yeah, I can right. say that I've done it. Yeah. I have, I have an appreciation of like all the stuff that you talked about sage grouse. Like you're so excited about it. It's your favorite bird to hunt. Like, 12 months ago, I, I probably wouldn't have really, I wouldn't have connected with you in the same, in the same way. Right. But now I can, I can share in that experience with you and and I am looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. I I have to get you out of here. Like you have to Tyler, I feel like Tyler, you've had two years of sage grouse. Yes, I have. I feel like if someone was like, Hey, I need to go bird hunting. And like, I wasn't here. I would feel comfortable being like, Tyler, I feel like you get these birds as well. I feel like you would have no problem being like, yeah, no, I know what we're looking for. Like, you know what I mean? Like of a 15 day season, I've done three of them now and you've done six of them. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not that far off. Like, no. yeah. Well, that's because you did all the groundwork with connecting with other guys and figuring out spots and tips and tricks. Yeah. And I just, I just soaked but the, all that information. The, there's like, yeah. there's a weird, I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but there's a weird magic mind sage grouse where they yes. just like, 
they make you care. They really do. And they're like, people are like, oh, those dumb birds. You're like, I mean, if I see them on the highway, like I'll stop. I'll stop and pull over and just watch them. And like, even if it oh, was yeah. like endangered, if it was listed, which again would be bad for a multiple re- multitude of reasons, like that's fine. Whatever. I wouldn't care. I would still go out and I would still look at sage grouse because like yeah. they're cool birds. Yeah, they're they are. cool. No other animal subsists solely off sage in the area they do. That like, so I get upset when people are like they're dumpers. I'm like, listen, man, you respect the grouse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We you see that in Minnesota, the upper upper Great Lakes. People think rough grouse are dumb because they see them on the side of the yeah. road, and it's you know I always have to bite my tongue when I hear that. But <laughs> dude, it, gets, it, it feels it like they're yeah. attacking you. You're like, no man, those are my birds. You better watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this was a blast, man. Um, I, I get, I guess, just to sort of tie it all together, like the idea behind films of the feather films of the feather was you guys were really doing that for the sage grouse. I mean, yeah. that's what you were trying to draw well, attention to, but obviously more than yeah. that. Just like to tie bird hunters in as a whole to kind of get people to say, you know, we should all be connecting on this right now. Like, yeah. you know, WWF, BHA, all these organizations that are fighting for access. Like yeah. this is a great event for people to kind of dip their toe in and be like, wow, I saw that Project Upland film. That was that was freaking dope. Like, yeah. that was so cool to, to have someone capture that experience because that's what it is. It's like, it's a sheer experience. And I talked about that briefly. I said, like, I do want to create more hunters. Like, I don't care if, if they're big game hunters or what. Like, I don't care if they even hunt with me. But, like, the idea that there could be more people like me or like Tyler or like you, yeah. that's kind of a cool idea to think that, like, there are people out here who care, who are, like, dedicated to protecting so i was like man what if we just throw a rager event where people are just psyched to be there psyched to talk to their heroes like i'm still like i'm still unbelievable you know what i mean like yeah when i had everyone over to dinner on friday man what a crazy experience i was like i can't believe ron bame nick larson tyler webster holly heiser and internet are eating at my freaking house i was like don't wash those plates just like put them in a cabinet let's just (laughs) save them man it's just so it just shows you though like no matter who you are like Everybody should care a little bit yeah. about where we are. And we should we should fight for it, and that's yeah. like the message I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I've had a blast here in Wyoming, as we mentioned. Uh, I I really hope it's not my last trip here. I'm God, sure, I've got sure, no. I'm sure it won't be. But won't. thank you, Sam. You know, personally, this has been a blast. Thank you, Wyoming Wildlife Federation. It was an excellent event, and people should definitely go check them out, whether you're from Wyoming or not. If you if you hunt hunt here if you're interested in hunting here website uh wyoming wildlife federation dot org wyoming wildlife federation i should org. make sure is it bad? i've had to check because you know what there's another like there's like another wyoming wildlife website. there's a wyoming wildlife um foundation that's right and people were calling us it's wyomingwildlife.org I wyomingwildlife.org right, yeah I'll, I'll get the link right in the show notes yeah and check it out and join 35 bucks you get a sweet membership Cool. Support your sage grouse. You send me an email. My information's all on there. And they're conservation ambassadors. You want to come out here and do a hunt? You don't usually have to pay me for it, but if you join, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, help you out. Well, trade. what do you boys say we go catch up with uh, Mister Ronnie Bame and Tyler Webster? Yeah, if I, yeah. I have a feeling if they didn't get clawed like to death by the eagles, Tyler's just shoving like like just bleeding. He's like, it was the coolest experience ever. <laughs> that could be. We're about to go find out. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you to Wyoming Wildlife Federation. We're out of here. You've been listening to the Project Upland Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And a reminder that this podcast was brought to you by Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, Dog Trick Callers, Yukonuba Dog Food, Gordian Sons Outfitters, and Dakota 283 Kennels. 
Find more podcasts, articles, films, and much more at projectupland.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Project Upland Podcast. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.